I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power. For exclusive content from their GA ambassadors and other high-profile contributors, check out news.paddypower.com. And when I started running, I suppose I didn't stop. And when I got the chance to go, I said I'd stay going, so it opened up. We're only the small little fish out there, so we are, and uh, we're trying hard to make it through. But it's hard to get the breaks when you're the smaller fish. Because I love this county so much, you know. And it's just, I'm delighted that the lads, the lads did it for the people of Warford today because, like, I, I'm, heart, I'm heartbroken. Welcome to the GR on a Monday. Myself and Conan are here as usual. And hello to all our YouTube viewers. That's my new uh, thing. Conan, I heard it. In case you were wondering. Um, I haven't spoken to you. Like, I mean, you weren't in Thursday, but Thursday's show was before the championship draw. Me and Conor were complaining about it, which is usual. But let's be fair the only thing to get half interested in was the Ulster Championship and it didn't disappoint well this is interesting I listened to Thursday <laughs> show and I turned it off after I heard you having a little pop at Ulster Championship yeah but it's sensational <laughs> so Derry, Tyrone, Monaghan um, versus Cavan I have Monaghan versus Clifford down in my notes I believe that <laughs> David <Sorry. laughs> thanks for telling me um, and down in Armagh so three of the biggest derbies in Ulster we can look forward to and Donegal for Manor have their own little rivalry thing going on yeah. we did a show up there before the Ulster final so like they couldn't have handpicked a better Ulster draw I'm not getting overly excited about it but it, that is as good as it could, could potentially could ever be yeah and the good thing is, is they have sort of divided like you know the teams Monaghan, Tyrone sort of strongest teams Donegal and down or they're on the other side of the draw as well whereas normally there's always one really strong half and one good half if you're a Derry you can yeah. get through but now it's very even at both sides so it could end up being a cracking semi-final and final as well yeah. this is the Ulster Championship Willie this is what happens yeah well that's it this is the magic of Ulster and it's in the Leinster Championship Leash will be delighted Mead will be delighted Offaly will be delighted Westmead will be delighted and am I missing one more I think I am, but it's not jumping into my mind. They're all on the other side of the, the Dublin draw. Um, Kildare, unfortunately, let's be honest, neutrals would like to see. I'm not a neutral, but at the same time, I know what will happen at least you have to get to a Leinster final. What's the point of that? So you'd prefer nearly to see Kildare yeah. and Dublin. I'll be shot at home for that. But, like, I mean, let's, if you want, 
Leinster Championship to stop being so crap yeah. you'd hope Kildare would, would be the only team that could put it up to Dublin it is a way to round four of the qualifiers though isn't it right if you get to the well that's Leinster true finals, that's so. true that's true but it is hard to watch your team being, being beaten by 20 points <laughs> in a final because no matter what way it is you're excited about the final and then to see that it's just you're just driving home after that going what's the point what's yeah. the point of that they're not good enough to be in, to be uh, playing Dublin Emlyn Mulligan was very honest um, he was there I didn't see the draw myself I just said what's the point I'll just see the screenshots of the actual draw <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Emlyn Mulligan was saying they were drawn against Roscommon um, Galway and Mayo are drawn apart and he was saying it's very hard to motivate yourself since I started playing Sligo the only team bar London and New York that we've ever beaten that's why I was so anxious to get them it doesn't get any easier so Alex Emlyn has been on the show this year and he's very honest about it and he's a campaigner for a two-tier competition and that's going to come in and Emlyn Mulligan might win a few championship matches and Emlyn Mulligan might finally play in Croke Park how can, how can anybody be against that? Yeah, like I, I remember Emma Mulligan's interview. It was brilliant, and it was shocking to hear that they hadn't played a crew park, and that is madness. Interestingly, though, I remember listening to his interview there on Thursday, and I was sort of thinking, like, I'm I'm from Derry now, Division Four team. We're playing Tyrone. I would have rather not gotten Tyrone, even though it's a big derby. But we had Tyrone two of the last three years and got hammered by them, so it's a shame, and we know we're going to lose that game, but. As a dairy man, you're not thinking split the championship and give us an easier draw. You're thinking just get better, get a better team. This is our fault. You're thinking it's more sort of self reflection. It's like we if we want to compete with Tyrone, we need to get better. So I'm not sort of calling to change the championship. And and then they, the Monaghan example is always thrown out there as well. Of course, the you know how well they're doing with their small county. You know, like as a dairy man again, you look at Monaghan and be like, why can't we just go and do that? Go get a better team. And they have started that in Derry over the last few years, going back into the underage and stuff. Can't That's believe you've twisted this show to give us a, a, a full analysis of Derry football here <laughs> at the start of a show. We're going to get on to a club roundup uh, very soon. The other bit of news there this morning is Kieran Byrne and Killian McDade. So Loud's Kieran Byrne and Galway's Killian McDade have both left uh, the AFL, so they've retired from AFL and they're back. So McDade's 22, uh, Byrne is a little bit older. He's played 22 games for for Carlton. Um, he's back, will improve Loud an awful lot. Uh, Killian McDade, I'd argue and say exactly what uh, Galway need is a fast attacking wing back, maybe for the game plan that they have, but how long is that game plan going to last with the new rules? <laughs> Anyways, he's back. It just goes to show when you see all these players coming back, you just kind of appreciate the Zach Tuhis of this world and the fellas who are able to stay out there for that long uh, when you take the homesickness into account and you then you take the massive competition out there and not being used to the oval ball and all these things. Um, the fellas, there are very few of them to stay out there long term, but you'd have to appreciate uh, how difficult it is. Another bit of a, a blow for you is Anthony Tohill's son. His name is Anton Tohill. <laughs> so I always wonder about calling your son your own name. It's a bit of a weird one. Is, there an, is it an ego thing? Is it? I just couldn't imagine my own son being called my name. It just doesn't, it doesn't yeah. feel right. I don't get it. But anyways, so Anthony, a little bit of, <laughs> kind of called him Anton. So yeah. like, I don't know what he was doing there. So it's not really Anthony, but it's the similar thing. <laughs> anyways, he signed, <laughs> he signed a two-year contract with Collingwood. So uh, he is 198 centimetres, which is six foot five, just about six foot five. So this fella is an absolute uh, beast of a man. He's only 17. So he's gone already. So I don't know. Were you looking forward to seeing him, Conan? Is this a big blow for Derry football? 
T- taller than his dad like, um, taller than his father yeah obviously it's disappointing it's always disappointing when you lose a player obviously good luck to him but um, well uh, he's, a, he's an interesting one because he didn't play any minor football for, for Derry what? yeah but then as a 17 year old he's in the under 20 panel the under 20 panel that won the Ulster Championship this year he didn't really feature for them that so much. He, he actually was unlucky that he missed out with the minor going to under 17 yeah but you're thinking somebody who played AFL would be first year Minor, you know, making the team as an under eighteen, making yeah. as an under seventeen. Should be, you know? it should be. Yeah, you wonder what they saw, where they saw him then. Where did yeah, it come across? Maybe him? it's something total. Obviously, he went out there before. Obviously, he's, he's managed Ireland. Um, famous athlete, like he's a big lad. He's a great fetcher, you know. So well, maybe you go. saw that. Yeah. Maybe it was trials, but um, like Connor Glass was is still the big one for Derry. He's doing really well at Hawthorne. Like he's he was Derry's best player coming through at club and county level. So he's the one that was really like ah. Oh, Right. Anton Tohul is just one of those ones where people are like oh good luck to him <laughs> that's a great great opportunity but there's nobody's going oh no it's not like Peter Canavan's son in Tyrone yeah like, no like, I, I don't think so Like, not right. to be harsh to him or anything like that but okay. it, it is like a- Eamon Donoghue did a great piece your man Eamon Donoghue in Aries Times but it was like 24 players have actually made an appearance in oh, the yeah. NFL 28 of them have never made an appearance yeah. so that's the stat you're looking at as well. Obviously, it's always tough in any profession. They usually come back, basically, is, yeah. what, is what we're going to say. Right, club roundup. Because I was thinking of just getting straight into the club. The last few weeks, we have been doing a bit of news before it. Because, let's be honest, club roundup is what it's all about now on a Monday. So, St. Jude's, our favourite Dublin club, the Culture Club. It's a team of <laughs> Culture's with a few dubs thrown in, into the mix. So, we've been through this with uh, Niall Coakley. Um, he got three He got three yesterday, two from play, I'm pretty sure. So, they hammered St. Vincent's, really. Uh, two eleven to eight points. Incredible achievement by St Jude, who beat Ballymun the, the round before. And like, they really hope. And I have great time for Chemical Crooks as a club, but I really hope Jude's can do it now. Because imagine beating Ballymun and Vincent's, like by the two best Jeez. teams in Dublin, and yeah. then not getting over the line. So they have to. Vincent's went four 0 up, which is incredible stuff. So Vincent's went four 0 up. So then Jude's beat them two eleven to four points for the remainder of the game. This is St Vincent's going for three in a row. Arguably one of the best club sides ever two All-Ireland clubs well one All-Ireland club with this team yeah. but it's a, and then following up the year after with another Leinster um, they've just been a dominating team in Dublin and in Leinster when they go into it and now they've been beaten by Rat New last year and they've been knocked out of the Dublin Championship by St. Jude so I don't know maybe it's, it would it be a breakup of this team who knows but the big talking point coming out of this game is that Dear McConnelly didn't start and Enda Varley didn't start now I can't comprehend that I heard Connolly wasn't training um, you have to wonder why was Connolly not training because like I mean he came home from America and like I always think like I mean, if Saint, he came back and for the last group game against Lucan Sarsfields and he was in the crowd he didn't even tug out he was just back mm. and I remember joking on the podcast with you what their manager, manager needs to do now is organise a challenge game midweek bring Dermot on so he served his time yeah. on the bench and then get him in for Castleknock started on the bench for Castleknock now I don't know was he not training before Castleknock or not but like I mean I just don't get it this everything Connolly has done for for Vincent's now we're talking two was a 2-8 or 2-10 in an all-around club final like I mean he consistently captained them, captained them he's a club man like he's a big Vincent's man it's not like he doesn't care about his club yeah. like Connolly's gone through a horrible year like it's ha- you won't get an interview off Connolly to ask him about this but I'd say he went through torture in America because I've gone to America when I've dropped off leash panels and leash have made maybe an All-Ireland quarter-final or last 16 and you're looking at that and you're in an awful state torn about Jesus, this is terrible, I'm missing this. They're in a Leinster final against Dublin. 
So he's gone through all that. Dublin have won the All-Ireland to really hurt him. Hurt, that He will be hurt over that because he's a big Dublin man as well. Then he comes home for his club. Instead of his club rallying around him and, and making sure he's all right and, you, you know, getting him back in. Will you, well, don't worry, dear man, we'll get you back in straight away. You've never let us down. They don't start him against Castleknock. Now, I'm trying to kind of wonder is this why he hadn't been showing up training since the Castle Knock game or you know or maybe yeah. he's a bit put out because I know I would be put out that your club is not like Jim Gavin's Dublin you don't have to do that with your club your club looks after you your club rallies around your county men and supports them and if they don't understand that Dear McConnelly went to America because he got a huge offer number one and number two because it would probably be better be in America when he wasn't on Dublin panel if they can't understand that and then welcome him back and get him back in and tell him how important he is. Yeah. And I just don't, I can't comprehend that. If club football has gone like that, the county stars now have to serve their time coming back in as a sub. That's not, that's not, there's no one on the, the Vincent's team would say one word no. if Dear McConnell is coming back in onto that team. And like, every, I know Vincent's is a massive club, but every single club in Ireland, like, they have these players who have served their time, you know, they've, they've given their 15 years, whatever it is. Connolly's probably been playing since he was no age with a senior team. Never mind playing Hurling as well. They've they've given so much to the club that they yeah. have these, not a free pass, but they have a bit of leeway, like, to miss training, especially when they get a bit older, to go away, do a bit of travelling. Like, you know, but when they come back in, it's like they've got enough money in the bank and nobody's going to sort of yeah. say, here, what's he doing? And like I even joked about the challenge game, just to keep those lads kind of quiet, if there is one or two, you know, let yeah. him get serve his time in that game. But he comes straight back into a championship match. And that's what the manager should be looking to do, yeah, yeah, as a football as a football person. But like, it's weird, like you said about they should be rallying around him, and especially with this year, because like it has been a really tough year for him, like personally. And he had to go, he couldn't stay in Dublin no, no. and not play for Dublin. No, because, that would have been torturous. Yeah. Even, it would have been worse, yeah. We're he's the best footballer in Ireland and he's not even playing with Dublin so how could he be going around here every day like and back in April when he was off the panel and then you know it seemed like was he going to play for Vincent or not they named him at number 11 for the championship games and to me like he didn't play but to me that was them sort of giving him every opportunity and it looked like you know, they were sort of still supporting him and if he's going to be here we'll play him but obviously he didn't play back then but that yeah. seemed like they were behind him then yeah. oh, this, like, and, and then calling on him when they do need him at you know, half time, half time yeah. it's like oh yeah actually you know, you're all forgiven now yeah. you know what? we, need you. we right. need you now we need you now and Varley came on I, my, the word I heard was that Connolly hadn't been training and Varley's form wasn't great but like I mean I don't know like I mean if Farley's still a top class club player and has been for Vincent <laughs> since he started so it's very unusual it's absolutely very unusual and disappointing I remember I think it might have been back in 2000 2001 I went to America for the summer and I spent five summers out there so Port Leash always used to when you come back you'd be back in time to train and you play and then this one time they didn't start me in a county semi-final when I came back and another fella that had been out in America during the summer did start so I was fuming I was like, they were trying to make a statement. And as it turned out, it was the management team that I ended up falling out with in 2011. This is back 10 years previously, yeah. having these issues with me. You know what I mean? With me, like, I mean, and I came on at half time again when they needed me and ended up playing well and did well in the final. But like, I just like, why would you have to do that? None of the players would have cared. I was back and they've started another fella. So Shane Carty, same thing with Vincent's. He'd been in America and he started. So it's not the America thing. Maybe it's the training thing. 
but maybe the training thing was a knock on from not starting against Castlemaine. You know what I mean? I've been a bit annoyed about that. But again, we need to get complete confirmation See on that. This training thing, though, like I know we have to have standards and you have to draw a line somewhat. But like, for example, we had boys away in America this year with scaries, and we couldn't wait to get them back. And yeah, me especially, but I'm probably one of the ones who'd be a bit more at risk when they're coming back. Like I could lose a place to one of these boys because they're all great players. Yeah, we've been talking about them coming back, but. The way I look at it is if they come back from America and they're, I'm still not ahead of them in the team, that's my fault. I've had a whole summer of games to try and, you know, to try and get my way up the pecking order. Yeah. Like, and if they come back, no matter what they're doing, training-wise or anything, if they're still a better option, then I can only look at myself from that point of view. Yeah. So I don't think any player having an issue with <laughs> Jeremy Connolly, in this case, being no. better at him. But Vincent's are a weird one. I tried to do something with them um, with, for Sports Show Live with some sort of kind of joke video like it was a cornerback challenge something I was tra- I was throwing around at the time and I was told no we're not doing any media now this is before an all in semi-final so the media bands so like I mean and Vincent's mm. have the idea in their head that they're an inter-county team and applying the same set of standards to a club team and I think that's a sad day for club football if you're going down the road of inter-county because club football is the only pure thing we have left and if you miss a training session so be it you'll be back the next day if you're a bit out of shape you might play full forward and swing them over because you're that good we can't lose that if yeah. that has to go down to intermediate level then and club football becomes the old inter-county football I don't know what kind of I don't know <laughs> what we're going to have um, but anyway so like I mean we'll try and find out a bit more about that before uh, Thursday's show um, I was in a Moor Park yesterday Portlaoise won their 11th out of 12 they obviously beaten for the 10 in a row came back won the 10th now won the 11th so they're continuing on the domination it was a really weird scene it was a great first half actually Odemsey's battled really well stayed in the game some great scores it was like 110 to 18 at half time so mm. like I mean there was loads of scores really enjoyable second half wasn't as good Portlaoise were always in control I think when you have a contest it's much more enjoyable than when it's a foregone conclusion that's even me as a Portlaoise man I just enjoyed the game um, second half Portlaoise had it won but like I mean the final whistle went you wouldn't believe this like Paul Cahillan was looking at the Portlaoise players Paul Catalan put his hands in, over his head and celebrated now he was captain and that would have been his first time to captain so he would have his own kind of mini celebration going on there every other Portlaoise player just shook their man's hand and then walked there was no one you know when you jumped into someone's arms <laughs> yeah. none of that like and the crowd just went silent because the, the <laughs> most of the crowd would have been from Odemsey's because Portlaoise are really badly supported it's just bizarre scenes at the end of a county final and like I mean again I keep saying it it's a fantastic achievement from Portlaoise but it does them no good for me and there's no excitement around it and then we've Colm Spillane coming up on the show and he plays for Immokilly and they have 19 clubs they're a divisional team we see it working well East Kerry favourites to win yeah. um, to win Kerry so East Kerry now will replay against Dingle and then they'll probably play Dr Crokes in the final and that's a huge match for Dr Crokes so Dr Crokes are benefiting from this and I think Leash really should learn from that a lot of people talking about splitting Portlaoise in two and that's going to be really, really expensive and difficult because the GA is going to have to foot the cost of a brand new club, yeah. brand new ground, brand new everything. Like if they want to do that, that's fine. But a shorter term solution is for intermediate and junior clubs in Leash to go regional, north, south, east and west and like, I mean, have proper divisional teams would really improve it. I don't know why they don't do that. It doesn't sound like too many people in Portlaoise would object to it either well, if that's, if that's we, a scene. I, after, I, as a Portlaoise supporter, I would love that. 
Yeah. Like you'd actually have proper county finals again. And then you know? win, er, earn the win. Earn the win. Earn the win. Because I heard you send this this morning, so I went on and looked at you know some of the pictures, and you, you, you're expecting the sort of on the shoulder shot and like a big crowd behind him and you know pitch invasion, and there was nothing. I think there was one or two guys just with their fist pumped. Yeah. And then I just thought maybe they're just they've had their fingers burnt enough times in Leinster that they're looking ahead at that and they can't but, get carried away, which is bad. Yeah. No, they se- they'll see they'll celebrate it, but like at the end of the day, if you're winning by eight nine points with five minutes to go, you know you have the game won you've won 11 of the last 12 so there's no initial excitement at the final whistle like they'll celebrate it they'll go out last night and they'll be out out all day today and properly enjoy it but at the same time it's just not that feeling of geez we we were up against it there we won against the odds that's just like that's proper kind of county final yeah. celebration stuff but Port Leash have a really tough Leinster draw because whether you like it or not Port Leash's season starts now and they haven't been good enough in Leinster over the last eight, nine years and they play the Kildare Westmead champions next in the quarterfinal and then they have the Dublin champions in the semi-final so they're going to have to do it the hard way but realistically Port Leash's season will not be seen as a, as a success unless they can win the Leinster because you know they've won most Leinsters in Leinster and they've dominated Leash enough that two Leinsters isn't good enough since 2004 it's a completely new team now since 2004 you'd actually say this is a completely new team now since 2009 when they won it but anyways Road probably similar situation awfully hammered same Finbars um, Road have been dominating awfully for a long time in Down I'm sure we saw loads of uh, celebrations when Burren uh, stopped Kilku doing seven in a row now there's some proper celebrations so Burren won at last in 2011 Paddy O'Rourke is their manager Burren's manager and our very own Stevie McDonnell who I saw a picture on Instagram with a cup this morning. This is how <laughs> half asleep I was. And I says, what cup was that now? Is that Kalevi winning something? And I didn't put two and two <laughs> together. And I said, oh yeah, Stevie's actually with Burren. Um, Burren beat uh, Kilku, obviously. And Kilku had a good few injuries. Ryan Johnson only came off the bench. Um, <laughs> so they were probably down. But look, it doesn't matter. Burren won, Burren won it and stopped Kilku doing seven in a row. And that's like, I'd say there's, there hasn't been a cow milked in the Burren um, <laughs> yeah. since last night. Oh, well, Burren are like a massive club, like sort of reputation-wise as well. I was surprised that TG Cahar won weren't showing that game now like the Roscommon one the championship has been really competitive all year the game turned out to be class as well but yeah that was a big game that I thought geez like someone could go down here and you know, Donald Harris scored 2-5 two 2-4 two was it 2-5 two 2-5 five? Oh, two five, two yeah 1-3 yeah. from, from, from play or 1-4 from play or 1-4 from free. goal from a penalty and 3 from yeah, free. 1-1 one, one from play sorry I've and then the keeper Kellen Murdoch got 4 long range frees as well like, you know, so right. there would have been lots to sort of keep you entertained in that and there would have been a bit of bite because two clubs you know, don't get on well they are the two down clubs yeah. like, you know. it's difficult one these days for TG4 to have to pick two games out of TG what? TG Cahar <laughs> picked two games I think there was 14 games or something on yesterday so it's not, yeah. an, it's not an easy choice for them Mullen Ahokta this is a gas one because we've paid a bit of attention to this one um, Abby Lara obviously it was six all last, last, uh, yeah. last week Abby Lara get a goal after two minutes Right, so they're in the mix. Robbie Smith is starting this week. <laughs> so Abby Lara, they've lost the three of the last three finals and drawn one last week. Uh, and to get a goal now in this replay to really kick on. 2-14 to 1-2 was the final score. <laughs> Mullen <laughs> to hammer them. It was bizarre. Mullen to win three in a row. So, like, I mean, they won 2-14 to 1-2. And that's after Abby Lara getting an early goal. And they only got one point from play. That was for Rob- Robbie Smith in the entire game. So, like I mean, that's just a complete collapse. So now they've lost the four, they've lost the four last four last county titles, 
Um, they've lost four and drawn one of the last four, um, which is just terrible uh, record for Abilara. <laughs> they got the goal and thought half the work was done. <laughs> We're halfway to six <laughs> points here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Psychologically, Jesus, well, goal, a goal would have won last yeah. week's game. So just the nine minutes to get another three points. We should be all right. <laughs> Dunboyne won Mead. So uh, Stuart Lowndes scored a goal that pretty much decided the game. Stuart Lowndes is Eric Lowndes' um, older brother. So he scored a goal in the 55th minute, which really turned a one-point lead into four, and that was the end of it. So that's Sean Boylan's club. So nice pictures of Sean Boylan holding the cup out in the field afterwards. And if Sean Boylan holding the county cup oh. on the field doesn't warm your cockles, well, then I don't know, I don't know what will. He's some man. I remember talking to him ages ago, and he was like, Dunboyne, best, best place on earth. <laughs> <laughs> First time I've ever heard that sentence, believe it or not. But David Gallagher, right? So you might remember, because David Gallagher has played for Mead and played for the International Rules. Now, he played for the International Rules as it was a very surprising choice, but Sean Boylan was the manager, so now you're starting to put two and two <laughs> together. So Gallagher plays outfield for his club. So he, they've won it three times, and he's he been on all three. First one was 1998. I think the second one was 0405, and then this year. So David Gallagher's been on on all three teams. So he's been around a while. He must be in around similar age to myself. So um, I thought that was interesting. That obviously Sean Boylan knows he's a really good goalkeeper for Mead. He's played for Mead, but he plays outfield for his club. So he's almost the perfect international rules goalkeeper. So that's obviously Sean Boylan's uh, kind of club loyalty decision, yeah. kind of being explained there. Their captain, Carl Finn. Uh, mentioned Sean Cox in his speech you know the, the oh, yeah. Liverpool supporter um, so he's obviously he was a club uh, official um, and he gave him a mention in his speech which was nice to see Dunbine winning that in Wexford now I have to get the pronunciation of these two clubs uh, right because I've been tortured on Twitter about this since last, thir- <laughs> last Thursday so Kill Killin Aaron right so that's easy that's Matty Ford's club so they were um, winning this one by three points um, with three minutes to go and Simon Donoghue who you, you would know as our hurling correspondent <laughs> Wexford corner back he stepped up and kicked two scores late on um, to earn a draw for Shell Maliers. Shell Maliers. Shell Maliers, yeah. So that's it. That's in the Wexford Championship final. So we'll talk about in performance of the week, Maddie Ford. He scored, Ford. He scored 1 6. I thought, honestly, I would have got Maddie on the show with Colin Splan coming up, but I thought Maddie Ford's back was in such a state that he yeah. couldn't get out of bed. I can't believe he's playing. He's 39. 39? So we'll, we'll hold off this for performance of the weekend <laughs> talking about Maddie Ford. Um, yeah, so there's going to be a replay next weekend in that one so like loads of um, drama Simon Donoghue scoring two points late the hurler which is great there was an unbelievable uh, game in the Cork football semi-finals so the Dublin semi-finals were on Kerry semi-finals were on East Kerry drew with Dingle um, we'll talk about that a bit in performance the weekend because C- Clifford was there Croaks beat Kearns Ratleys in Mayo Ballantubber beat Casabar uh, Mitchells after a replay in Cork this one ended Castlehaven 118 Dull Dull Oh shit Do Hallow Do Hallow uh, 215 So this was the second This is going to a second replay now Because this was a replay already Of the first game So Dull Hallow got a late goal From Dara Moynihan And a point from uh, A fella called Vaughan To get 
the scores level at 114 apiece so they got 1-1 late on in normal time for it to go 114 apiece so then Castlehaven went on ahead again um, only for Dull Hollow to get another goal at the end of extra time <laughs> to get it to get it back to a draw again so seriously dramatic scenes in this one so it's going to a second replay um, Dull Hollow have the likes of Aidan Walsh and Dunnock O'Connor they're an area team as well so they have a load yeah. of different players from different clubs and again there you are Castlehaven a really big club getting an unbelievable test so instead of just having a, a county championship with one or two big teams why not have one or two of those big teams playing another three big teams that you manufacture yeah. I don't see anything against this is there an argument against it what would it be I, I was just thinking I was going to ask you would you import Lee start complaining if South Leash started winning games or you know if you started losing outs to them because yeah. they're, like, they're combined with whatever amount of clubs you probably would <laughs> but you can't say that it's a good idea then if they start beating you start complaining about it I don't know you'd have to do what Kerry like Kerry have two separate championships obviously so you have a chance to win the club championship yeah. and then you can win the county championship considering I used to think Kerry's club championship was so complicated it was stupid they actually have the best fairest club championship yeah don't they? I think so. And if a regional team wins the county championship, then the club any. championship winner comes in. So that's it. So if Port Leash are beaten in a county final, they'll go on through to Leinster, and that's probably the amount of club titles Port Leash have. They'll just go on into Leinster. <laughs> <laughs> that's the, probably their focus. Everyone's happy. Don't see any argument against this. So, anyways, Clonmel Commercials. This is just semi-final. Some news. So, Mile Rovers beat Clonmel Commercials two seven to eleven points. Um, Seamus Kennedy had. Uh, kicked what looked like the winning point to put it 11 points to 1-7 only for uh, Mile Rovers to score a late goal by a late goal by Sean Carey so they, they're knocked out Peter Atchison is back for Clonmel Commercials so he was back for the quarter final now he's in for the semi-final so Peter Atchison making all the difference oh, he's only 28 as well you know? is that all he is oh. I always feel he's older than that and he hasn't played since that, that semi-final 2016 no. so, geez, he'd be banging down his door come on stay back in Tipperary instead of Dubai well, he's just back for a visit is he he's not well, back for I, he's living in Dubai I thought so he's obviously maybe just back for club championship or? yeah no, don't quote me on that. <laughs> That's yeah, me speculating. You're just guessing here. <laughs> Clonnagale, two more left. Clonnagale beat Bridget. So that was the big match in Connacht, and that was the one that was on television. And in the start, in the first half, I was looking at the highlights of this. It was Kieran Lennon versus Seneca Bride Show. Like, I mean, it was yeah, absolutely was two proper target men full forward going toe to toe, kicking goals and points. It was absolutely brilliant. Must have been to watch at that time. Clonnagale uh, ended up winning it easy enough, with, uh, got the goals. Uh, St. Bridget's had been in the last 10 finals the last 10 finals Bridges had been in they'd won them they hadn't lost the finals since 2003 and they'd been in 10 so that's a fair old record that Clonagale had to uh, had to battle against and Bridges had two men sent off did Garod Kniff and Garvin Dolan who would be an old stalwart for Bridges he was sent they were sent off late so Clonagale uh, big club so they're back to the top and beat Bridget's as well which probably have to, to be at the yeah. top of the club football there Bridget's probably endured the worst two minutes that any club has ever endured it was a sending off to start off with it was like an elbow to the head then Clan Nagel got a goal then the keeper slipped on his arse from the kick out and got lobbed for another goal this was all in like 120 seconds yeah. or whatever I saw Frankie Dolan complaining about the referee and stuff and I, do, I was just thinking like a lot of time for Frankie but when you're beaten by like, what was it 4.15 yeah, to beaten well yeah you know like I mean I don't think referees you should be really like does that it's not going to claw back the 12 points you were beaten by yeah I think they got two men sent off so they probably and one of them was very late so they just probably had that injustice fresh in their minds yeah he was saying Clonagale should have had lead sent off even before that so maybe um, probably would have had to see the game to whether to criticise him or not Wicklow uh, has caused themselves an awful lot of uh, hassle 
because the county final was a draw yesterday and did no extra time and you know the hurling finals next weekend and Ratnew have five players we talked to Leighton Glynn on Thursday they have five players that are part of the Glen Ely team who play Carnew next weekend so then the football final is going to have to be the following weekend which is two weekends time the only problem is the Leinster club match versus road is fixed for that Sunday so what it looks like now is they're going to have to play the county final on the Saturday in two weeks and then play Ratnew the following day which is not fair why would they not have just used their heads and went to both clubs and said will you play extra time now unless um, St Patrick's knew Ratnew's situation and said uh, no we don't want to play extra time but then again if St Pat's think they're going to win this they probably don't well they won't want yeah. to play road the next day so I don't think it does either team any good so you would imagine both teams would have been happy to play the extra time um, but was it offered to them it just doesn't make any sense play the extra time get a flick because look at, look at the, the situation they're in now this is where I'd have a bit of sympathy for like the higher ups in the GA like how, how have Wicklow let themselves get into this position Wicklow yeah. like when, when, when were they out of both codes yeah. Wait, Wicklow like, how, are, how are they struggling well, that's the thing. one draw has messed everything up that's the thing and we talked about that uh, Conan is that reading a piece recently about it that the April for club has actually made no difference all the county finals it's now the 15th of October so there's more county finals on next week so all the county finals are being played at the exact same time yeah. we have this situation all these counties have been out so early look at Tipperary only a county football semi-final stage they were out in both codes maybe the earliest they've ever been out in both codes and nothing's changing with these counties and I was saying that last Thursday the GEA always seemed to get the criticism here at all the all the all the problems I can see within the GEA whether it be discipline whether it be fixtures are individual county boards yeah overspending on county managers paying county managers look at all of these things look at all these things that are issues within the GEA and it's county boards that are completely complicit with all of them Oh, I just how did they come up with these fixtures and then not realise Jesus if we have one draw here we're in a bit of bother like you know like it's Wicklow they could have done it ages ago we'll have a bit of sympathy with Dublin who you're playing until the very end all the time yeah. and like you know it's so consuming they have everybody training so much so they can't really be other clubs but in this situation there's a team who's out probably since July or June maybe they could just play their championship in the summer when everybody says they want to play yeah but they still wait until October yeah makes no sense right up next we'll talk to Colm Spillane I'd never be allowed to go off in eight and have a shite like him and go off a slob or whatever like I was always doing a bit I all I remember is I thought I was going to get clobbered in the way in there I threw the ball up in there I don't know it was, it was pure luck no in terms pure luck uh, Alright, so Emma Killy retained her Cork senior hurling title yesterday and Colm Spillane, um, Emma Killy player this year, uh, joins us on the line. Now, Colm, how's it going? Hey, that's well, Gully. How, how were the celebrations last night? Uh, they were good, yeah. Um, I suppose I wasn't there last year, so it was my first year um, obviously winning a senior senior medal and yeah, it's obviously very um, very nice medal yeah, um, we certainly enjoyed ourselves last night. We went to Yall, we went to Balling Corrig and Yall, and then we ended up in uh, ended up in Cork in last night. So yeah, it was good request. Right, because I was going to ask you, where does an area team with nineteen clubs to choose from go to celebrate? Like, is every club trying to go? Come on, we'll go back to our clubhouse, or what? What? what what's that conversation? Yeah, like? well, Seamus Handy's the captain, and he's from um, well, he's from Eaters, but it's kind of beside Yall, so 
captain's uh, captain's pick. So we went to Farrells and Yawn. I think that's kind of a traditional pub. When they won the counties 20 years ago, I think they went back there as well. So, right. uh, yeah, I suppose it was the kind of combination of Harnady and uh, the kind of tradition to go back to that place. Right, OK. Car. So Harnady, uh, you he played the captain's uh, card and got you back there. Come here, because uh, yeah, yeah. your club is Castle Lions and this is your first year playing with Im Achilles. So you're obviously relegated from senior last year. No, I wasn't. We were playing, I was playing at UCC in the club championship. I was in UCC up until last year, so I was playing with them. Join UCC are allowed in the club championship in Cork. So um, I actually played with McKilly when I was minor, before I went to UCC. Right. When I was in school, and then I played with uh, UCC in the senior championship last year. So I was, that's why I didn't have a, I wasn't with McKilly last year. Ah, okay. I was on scholarship so, at UCC. Ah, that's you it. Play, you used to play there, yeah. Right, so you chose UCC because you were on the scholarship, so you just yeah. couldn't, ah, okay. So Castle Lions has been, yeah, yeah. has been intermediate for, for longer well, than that. Well, we were senior, it's been intermediate for a long time. We were senior, I think, Jesus, it was 10 years ago when we got relegated. Right, okay. So, yeah. Okay. And so, so, like, I mean, I presume Imo Killy then is similar to UCC then, obviously. Like, so it's different players from different areas and different clubs trying to come together as a team. Yeah, it is. But, um, it, like, it's kind of, it's probably easier with Imo Killy because, well, obviously people are, people are a bit more mature and you more experienced as they are. Even this year, like, it was very kind of, a very good setup, and you fellas kind of the group, the core, the team were together with the last four or five years, really. And like a few of us kind of just myself and Bill Cooper, now we kind of added in this year, Shane Taylor, see a few more. So we just kind of slot into the team, and uh, in fairness, it was very, um, it's very good setup and very experienced. You know, in fairness, it is. It wasn't like UCC is a bit different because your lads are in college and they're playing fit and they're playing different counties and it's kind of tougher you know, to get fellas together really yeah yeah so like I mean at what stage of the year then does Ima Killy start training because you all have your own clubs to train with and play championship with first so at what yeah. point do you come together but, um, I suppose there's not much training that year well obviously the kind of lads involved with Cork wouldn't really be training at all I and mean, we wouldn't have we wouldn't be able to but Forgel Condon now he's the manager in charge in fairness he's excellent to have challenge games like so it's mainly I think last year they played something like 25 challenge games or something throughout the year so it's mainly challenge games and lads just come along and play them and then coming up to championship then you might train maybe once or twice at the start of the year and then with the last kind of the last kind of six weeks or something it's been training the whole time like during the latter stages of championship which yeah. can obviously because people are still involved with their clubs too yeah, well, that's the thing. So, I'd imagine early in the championship is the most vulnerable Imokili would be. While you know you're trying to get things together, would that be fair enough? Uh, but as you get on in the yeah. championship, you get this kind of club kind of spirit going. Yeah, it would be, and you have to kind of play preliminaries to get out. So it's it's two from the division in colleges. Only two get out, and it was ourselves in UCC. So I think we played. Uh, who we played as division, and I think maybe it was Carrie Down or someone, and then we played CIT. So, yeah, and we would, we, I don't think we had any training done. Well, certainly, any lads, I didn't have any training done with him McKillian before that. So that's probably when you are the most vulnerable and later on the year then uh, you get kind of fellas together a bit better. Yeah, because I was reading, like, I mean, the, these divisional teams, like, McKillian look, look so strong. But then I was reading that only seven county titles have been won by divisional teams. So, like, I mean, it's not like yeah. these teams are dominating or anything like that. Like, I mean, it's, it's the opposite. Yeah, no, not at all. Like I, I think Imikili, this was Imikili's fourth 
championship ever and obviously last year was third and 20 years ago in 97, 98 they won the double again uh, you the likes of and um, I think the Emerald Sutton was there Don Lacuza Timmy McCarthy Jodine Brian Corkman but all the clubs in these Cork didn't laugh and went up senior so that's probably why Ian Kelly wasn't as strong but it's, it's just the last couple of years there's just been a good kind of crop of players I suppose East Cork would always be with hurling division anyway we always massive into hurling and stuff like that so it's just, just been a good crop of players the last four or five years and in fairness like Fogel has to take a lot of credit for kind of organising those challenge games and just keeping the things ticking over show the year because it's obviously very difficult yeah. so I certainly wouldn't uh, wouldn't envy him trying to keep things going throughout the year like but yeah yeah, exactly. And like this year's county final, obviously, geez, again, it gets com- this is like very complicated stuff. So you're with UCC, you're Castle Lions, you're Immokilly, and to really the plot, yeah. the plot thickens even further that you beat Middleton, which is in East, which is in East Cork, um, in the final. So like, I mean, that must have been a huge rivalry. So they're the big town in East Cork, and they're the senior team. And yeah, you're, you're all probably uh, yeah, on. yeah. We're all the intermediate junior clubs, and I suppose Middleton. Middleton would be the you know um, they were the kind of best team in the middle in East Cork or always would have been I suppose stars in recent times they'd be East Cork as well Glamour and kind of Glamour got a bit bigger so yeah we would right. have been like playing Middleton underage and I suppose they would have kind of been beating everyone they would have dominated East Cork really themselves and Sarsfield the two of them like they have just much bigger peak obviously in bigger towns compared to smaller villages but uh yeah, so it was interesting to kind of because Middleton are literally smack bang in the middle of him, McKilly, so they were getting them from all sides. Like, so. so, like, I mean, they're obviously the cocky team in your area, and then you're able to join together and beat the cocky team. <laughs> like, I mean, so, like, is that, that yeah. clearly it must be a nice feeling to be able to beat them in the final? Ah, uh, yeah, it was, I suppose, but look, obviously, like, I, I know the sort of Middleton as well and stuff like that, but yeah, I think for the lads that live close to Middleton, we, I'd be a bit away from Middleton. It was very, uh, I think very sweet for a lot of them like they were kind of saying afterwards you know this, even they would have been to school in Middleton CBS and I suppose Middleton were always the kind of the big dogs and stuff like that and they always let people know so I think it was sweet definitely sweet for right, okay. to win to school and stuff like that yeah yeah. so like I mean you were 2-11 to 1-9 up at half time which is great scoring and then Middleton get it back to two points so like I mean it's game on at that stage and then you get two goals in as many minutes uh, Paddy O'Sullivan gets the first one that was absolutely vital and even fairness was playing sailing for you then is that fair enough to say? what you said the last point sorry it, it was p- playing sailing then really for the rest of the game maybe um, yeah, well, I suppose we got the goals. We got the goals at vital times. I know goals are always important, but we got. I think Paulie scored one straight away after a minute, and then it was kind of yeah, as you, as you said, we brought it back. We brought it back to two points, and Middleton had a bit of a win in the second half, so it really was kind of game on. But yeah, I think we kind of kicked up the gear. And in fairness, the lads like Paulie is very clinical, like you know, he always passes in front of goal. He just has a knack of getting goals, like, and he just. He always seems to turn up in the right spot and stuff like that. And Seamus uh, as well obviously scored a brilliant goal in the, in the first half. Yeah, too. he did. So, yeah, they were marked at that time. Like, yeah. So 10,000 people in Porky Cueve. So it must be a nice feeling to be like winning well in a county final in front of 10,000 people. Because, you, you know, with I suppose with five minutes to go, you pretty much would have known that you, you had a one. Maybe you'd be able to kind of relax and enjoy the moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, yeah, it's obviously brilliant playing Park Reeve in front of a big crowd and stuff like that. But I think when you're like, obviously, I'm the full back line. So I was saying after forward, they were like, oh, they were enjoying themselves the last kind of five or six minutes when we were up 
nine points or something like that but you can't really in the full back line because you know the ball is going to come in they're going to be trying to take you on and get goals so I certainly wouldn't kind of switch off and even the way a game's gone this year into county with the big comebacks and stuff like that you'd be kind of that'd be in the back of your mind so I, to be honest I didn't really enjoy it until the, the final whistle blew then I kind of relaxed yeah maybe it was that your, your burn from that Limerick comeback in Croke Park maybe that you kind of once bitten twice shy yeah yeah I know and uh, yeah and even throughout the year like just there was an awful lot of comebacks particularly into county I think Tipperary against us and Waterford and uh, you know there's been comebacks throughout the year so definitely that was in the back of my mind I didn't want to get this one slip have, have you got over that Limerick game yet like I mean that you were home and hosed in that and just started going away from you yeah. and you couldn't turn um, it back I suppose not not really to be honest um, now this was kind of a good obviously nice to kind of finish the year and with a bit of silverware with McKinley and win the county but uh, early, like, I, you think about it an awful lot really and so how close we were and the kind of position we were in but um, Lucas was just kind of you should kind of use that hurt for next year like and bottle it up and just kind of use that as motivation that we're kind of that close but yet so far away I suppose but uh, yeah it'll probably take it before we get going next year to really really get over I think Yeah what were you like did you watch the final or do you find that too hard to watch or what, what did you do for that? No, I, I watched the final. I watched the final, right? But um, it's strange just watching the final because you kind of you don't really want any of them to win. And you're just kind of looking <laughs> yeah. at it like hoping you were there. So yeah, it's a strange one. But um, yeah, I, I I watched it, right? But uh, I know some of the lads didn't like. I think even Bill Bill was saying there he, he couldn't watch it, and I think and Nash went away on holidays for it. He said he couldn't watch it. So it's people different. But uh, yeah, I watched it, right? And obviously you're kind of envious at Limerick lads in this year like but look fair play to them so they, they deserve that they won a fair and square like so but uh, yeah he would be envious of them definitely yeah so your Cork's made man marker um, now like I mean you mark all the big players in the game Austin Gleeson John Conlon Aaron Galan all these all these fellas like I mean you obviously enjoy that defending side of the game yeah I do definitely um, I suppose I was always kind of a I was always a defender, like growing up and stuff like that. And yeah, I do. I enjoy, I enjoy the challenges. Like so I, I, you play sports, we challenged and marking the best players. I think it's always nice when you're kind of given the responsibility of putting on their maybe their best player or their danger man and stuff like that. And I guess, yeah, I definitely do enjoy the enjoy the battles. And obviously, some some of them like you, some of them you win, some of them you don't too. Like so, it's, it's obviously you enjoy it a bit more when you when you play well, but. Uh, yeah, that's the way it goes. You're not going to, you're not going to play top quality forwards every time you play. You just have to try play every ball your best, right? Yeah, no, that's it. And but like even the Cork uh, style of play, like it must be a really enjoyable team to play on. Like you have license to completely break out from the full back line and give a nice little short stick pass, then get back onto your man. Like I mean, you play a lovely style of hurling. You know that. Like I mean, I, most yeah, people would agree that. And like it comes down, yeah. It kind of comes down to, I suppose, work rate really. That when we have the ball, there's players moving so much, and this, you know, you can kind of pick out passes. Like there always seems to be a, a pass on, or someone you can give it to, or or just drive it long and stuff like that. So yeah, it was definitely enjoyable. And obviously, we're kind of given the freedom to express ourselves too. And I think it's the way like hurling should be played. And even the last couple of years, I think teams are playing like that, and that's probably why there's so many scores are becoming just so higher because of the different systems that are probably suiting the they're suiting attacking play and I think teams have really kind of learned to maximise 
point taking and scoring and I think that's I think the, the high scores will be kind of there to stay yeah, because for like three years anyway. No, it will. But like I mean, even from a cornerback's point of view, though, like I mean, obviously years ago you get it and you'll turn over your shoulder and you'll just drive it on down, which can you get a big cheer out of the stand. But like I mean, yeah. you you could be taken off for doing something like that. So like even when you're under pressure, yeah. even when you're under pressure and like the way the forwards are tackling now, you still really are not supposed to be doing that clearance. So like I mean, you really have to your skill levels have to be really really high even as a cornerback. Yeah, they do definitely. I think the kind of days of um, the kind of men marking cornerback or fullback that Joe couldn't couldn't hit the ball are kind of they're gone really because the way a team set up for puck outs, you have to be able to take a short puck out, or yeah. else the wing back is going to be going to be able to mark the wing back and then the half hours be able to push way back. Out. So you have to be able to take a short puck out. You have to draw the man you from Hobbit and uh, obviously be able to deliver the ball in and. Joe, when you're passing the ball 20, 30 yards, like you have to be very accurate to or, or else it's going to break down, you know, yeah. the way we play and the way teams play like that. So, But it's just, it's all, you know, we, it's all, we practice that now. If teams 10 or 15, 20 years ago kind of training the way we were training, like they'd be, they'd be doing too, I suppose it was just different. It wasn't the, it wasn't the culture, it was more driving the ball long. 50-50 ball pulling the ball in the air and it's kind of it's changing off lot really yeah no it definitely has so you're tw- you're 25 now um, I have to be honest last year not being a hurling man last year was the first time I um, had seen you playing but you were highly rated underage and then you had some injuries and then did your cruise shoot when you got in like are all the injuries behind you now psychologically are you doing a lot of injury prevention like I mean you haven't been injured in two years now playing an awful lot of hurling yeah yeah, no, like yeah, touch touch wood. Now they're all all the serious injuries are behind me, and I think uh, I suppose maybe I was getting injuries kind of even before I did my cruise. The different my patella tendon in my knee and I uh, different kind of legal injuries in my groin and stuff like that. But I think uh, when I did my cruise, I was really like, geez, I have to kind of figure out what way my body's working now and what can I do to make sure I'm training because like if you're not training you're not playing matches you can't be improving like and I was thinking I always thought in my head if I was available if I could do one year that I wasn't injured that I'd be able to make I'd be confident I'd be able, I was able to make, I'd be able to make the core team and so I suppose you just kind of I spend more time doing stretching and mobility and prehab and any injury I've ever had I, I keep up exercises for kind of prehab on all of those like so yeah and then even in the gym now it's all what can I do to say become more durable like become a you know less chance of getting injury and it's just being um, I suppose being aware of a body too if you are tired and I would go here sometimes in training if I felt my my hamstring was tight or my knee was starting to you know feel a bit funny like I would kind of step out and I'm definitely good at that last year but I know when my body isn't feeling right rather before when you're younger trying to get on the team and stuff like that you kind of you'd go through the pain barrier maybe yeah. something that's not the best thing long term yeah no I suppose it's, it's being secure in your position on the team that you can just and having good, good management that allows you to do that I suppose you're a teacher as well so during the summer you, you, on the Monday you're able to do that bit more recovery than you know someone else might be able to yeah yeah definitely like, there's no doubt that helps during the, during the summer but um, I suppose the flip side of that is that you have to be able to keep yourself busy that you're not, you know, a full-time hurler during the summer. Like, you know, you have to have other, yeah. other interests and other things you're doing. Like, and uh, like we have a farm at home, so it'd be, I do a bit of farming. And, you don't, uh, you don't have that worry. You don't have that worry. Oh no, I don't. No, no. So, uh, 
yeah, I like to keep like to keep busy as busy as I can during the summer. And uh, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't be when I finish training, like I kind of pack it there that I wouldn't be thinking about it too much, and then just do what I can, recovery and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, so it definitely helps. I think during the summer, like I think uh, the lads like the training the whole time, going from going from work from training the whole time. I think it's tough, really, especially this year with the the four matches in a row or three matches in a row. I think that. Uh, it definitely suited students and teachers who could kind of be a bit fresher during the week. Yeah, no, no, definitely did. So you're back in work today. So fair play to you for going in after the county final because I saw on your WhatsApp. Yeah, I yeah. saw I saw on your WhatsApp you were up pretty late last night there this morning. Yeah, yeah, we are. But um, yeah, we're going to Boston in November for the Finway Classic. So uh, I can't take any um, I can't take any more days off. But uh, I know it's fine. I was. Uh, I wouldn't be too bad I mean today after night out and stuff like that ah, okay, so, so okay. and so you'll be meeting up with the lads after work I'm sure so you'll be counting down the time here yeah I will be we'll be training after school there now so uh, and I'll, I'll meet up the lads then for, for a few hours alright listen they're getting on. I think some of them ran it fairly early so I'm sure they were. Yeah, they're holding sure. up. Well, you, yeah. you'll, you'll have to locate them first anyway, because they could be anywhere in, in East in East Cork. Yeah, they could be. Yeah, that would be the thing. You know, if they check check the WhatsApp now and see see where they are, they could be a few different groups anywhere around the county. So yeah, I'll have to figure that out. Exactly, Colin. Thanks very much for taking the call. Yeah, no matter. Yeah, well, I'm glad you brought that up now because <laughs> there's no such thing as a media ban. We don't have a media ban. Ah, you do? No, we don't. Um, but you didn't let Shamey talk at a, at a hurley launch one day. Yeah, but hold on a second now. He was at a hurley launch, you know. Yeah. You know, I, there's I, a media I, ban if he can't no, talk no, at that. Absolutely not. I think you guys need to do your job. Don't depend on us guys for quotes, you know. Okay. Go no, earn, he, earn your living like the rest of us. But if he's at a media day and he says to the media that I'm not allowed to talk, then yeah. he's obviously on a ban. Well, I think he's carrying a mixed message. <laughs> Performance of the weekend, Paddy Power performance of the weekend, and the first man up here is David Clifford. So he scored 2 4, uh, missed a penalty. Poor penalty now by his standards, went bottom right with his left foot and dribbled it kind of wide, which is unlike him. But his team were 1 10 to 7 points down, Conan, and he scores two goals. Like this is a fella who is, is he 18 or 19? He's 19. He's nearly yeah. 19. Did, is he 19 yet? He was minor in 2017, so he was under 18 and, well, probably just turned 18. Yeah, so he's 19, yeah, so he's 19, 19 he might year. not be 19, 19 this year, I think I was reading that he's, he's 19 he's an under in the next 19 two this months, year. he's an under 19, <laughs> like it's incredible that he's just leading, he led the Kerry attack and now, like he's leading East Kerry, which if you're leading the Kerry attack, leading the club team isn't as big a deal, but come at the hour, come at the man, one ten to seven points down and then Clifford flicks a goal a high ball coming in this is the great thing about Clifford is that he's a beast of a man yeah. and he was afflicted over the goalie then got another one and it ended up being Dingle having to rescue the game with a point from Tom Sullivan at the very end uh, to rescue him but don't know what really we can add to David Clifford um, at this stage his last point is supposed to be even the best of them all um, it's like Mortimer Murphy the sports journalist in Kerry just tweeted about it saying he can't get it out of his head he was about 40 metres out closed down by two men and he just unleashed a skyscraper as he was falling backwards it was like a basketball fadeaway like Jesus. Michael Jordan <laughs> ah brilliant we'll see that tonight on TG Cahar because they show all the highlights so that's a great show from 8 to 9 tonight um, talking about unbelievable point kickers is Matty Ford so he got one off the outside of his left 
he got 1-6-1-4 from playing a county final at 39 years old and I've always said Matty Ford is the best kicker of a ball I've seen technique wise long distance wise off left and right him and Morris Fitzgerald for me would be out on their own of fellas who have that technique now David Clifford is going to go into that category of just nonchalantly kicking balls from angles of 45 metres out like I mean it's, it's, it's incredible how they can generate that sort of power especially kicking around the ball to curl it from right to left it's not you can generate that power often off the outside of your yeah. boot but to curl it around from that distance out it's like how did they, how they can generate that I don't know but Matty Ford like he'd be completely of my generation and uh, he's been whacking them in uh, for his club for a long long time like I mean scoring some like 4-5 you know and yeah. he's kind of like 39 again his back is better I thought this man was gone <laughs> I actually think this man can't even play a round of golf I just had it in my head I thought he was the manager of that club not like still banging them in I saw a clip from him was it last year maybe two years ago and he was I think he scored 2-4 or something in one game this was a league game might have been a playoff of some sort and it's just the way he's still winning ball as well like he doesn't even need to be as fast or as sharp as he was he just knows where to be and he goes for it with such aggression yeah I was you're saying 39 it's not that long since you were 39 Willie <laughs> I mean come on I can't even make the Portleash Intermediate team <laughs> never. <laughs> never mind anything else talking of Portleash Ricky Maher you liked Ricky Maher now uh, Conan so Ricky Maher was around the panel in 2010-11 when I was last uh, with Portleash around 2011 because I was with Parnells for two years before that so I came back to 2011 Ricky was around the panel now Ricky wouldn't have been in the mix to get onto the team at all back then oh. so then I got it then I came back this year and I was training away with the seniors and training away with them last year and I remember saying to my father this year geez Ricky Mars flying at this these days and father was like ah he's not and he's like geez he is like he's like a really good player up there now and uh, father was surprised and I was really surprised as well and he was man of the match in the county final yesterday 2-2 so he's been a sub come on on to the team for the last nine years that he's been on the panel and nailed down a starting position this year for the first time regularly starting and then gets man of the match scores 2-2 in the county final now uh-huh. there's, a, there's a lot to be said of Portlaoise dominating and not much of a story coming yeah. out of that but Ricky Maher is a brilliant story coming out of it and he, he was uh, given the man of the match award and celebrated that over he his head he did yeah so it was <laughs> lovely it was lovely to see Ricky really sound fella I actually didn't even know he transferred from Strabley at under 16 um, level because uh, Paul Catalan and Kieran Lillis were talking about him and they were talking about how he's uh, completely dedicated himself this year and Ricky said it in, in an interview yesterday himself that he'd been sick of being a sub sick of coming on and he's been doing sessions on his own Kieran Lillis says that he's telling nobody about he's just spotted up there so this is like an inspirational kind yeah. of uh, situation and he got 2-2 his first goal was a soccer style goal um, kind of played in held off his man and put it into the bottom left corner uh, scored a good point from play um, early on in the game and then got a second goal which was he had a few goals at it but uh, just a nice little story coming out of the county final yeah. when no one's watching that's when champions <laughs> are made yeah so just do it or what's that uh, what's, is that a Nike ad or something is it I think it's Muhammad Ali quote or, or Muhammad something Muhammad like Ali. that yeah, so that's champions it. aren't made under the lights they're made far away from that or something yeah that's where Ricky Maher was made this year what uh, a story yeah so that was nice Dermot O'Connor this is the second week in a row this fellow's just a machine at club level when Ballantober beat Castlebar so he's all over the field again he made the block down um, at the very end and then just kind of does a somersault <laughs> yeah it's a bizarre <laughs> stuff unbelievable. where he got the energy but like this lad obviously has an incredible um, uh, incredible uh, engine um, is an incredible really really good player and this is 
sets up a brilliant uh, Mayo County final now with Casabar Mitchells who you would have been fairly sure they would have beaten Briefy yeah. now Bell and Tubber are favourites for that as well but this will be a really good final Briefy playing Aidan O'Shea in full forward as well causing all sorts of havoc yeah like that's going to be very moving him, him and around yeah so they have Alan Alan Dillon will be on the field Killian O'Connor will be on the field it, the two O'Shea's will be on the field you guys you're running the show these are all the Mayo management <laughs> the, whole, <laughs> the whole Mayo management team is going to be in, in the county final so yeah that's it what's our man's name uh, Jimmy Sloyne Jimmy Sloyne yeah so he'll be at that giving out shite I'd say after <laughs> I'd be expecting a good video from Jimmy after that county final um, yeah Senegal Bride scored 1-6 um, one or he got four free so one two from play and like I said himself and Kieran Lennon were flying it in the first half proper target men but Senan Kilbride scored a goal and it was absolutely thing of beauty so he shaped up opened up his body that he's putting it with his left mm. foot and it's you've seen Senan Kilbride he's more than capable of curling that into the far corner he's got a lovely control over the ball off the out, off the inside of his boot instead of curling it in there dummy solos it you don't see that enough and it works yeah. Apple, but the composure see this is it you often see players and they're one among the goalie and they shit it Dempsey's uh, wing forward yesterday I can't think of his name was true one on one against Graham Brody in the first half yeah. and just blasted it at him and Brody just saved it easily you know what I mean just panic stations but the likes of Seneca Bright they don't panic in that situation and this was he was right on top of the goalie when he dummy solo that just wonder when he decides to dummy solo that you know it was very tight like, yeah. yeah sometimes when it, because I don't have that natural instinct going in on goals I'll decide I, I was going I'll decide I'm going to go around the goalie when I hit nearly I'm straight through yeah. like, and that, then that might not be on as I get closer to the goalie to go straight line they, past they, the they make the decision right at that split second and it's the right one and I think that's just a natural ability I think yeah. that's a finisher's ability that's just there I think that like that sort of spatial awareness and having more time like that is the one thing I don't think you can teach people like just these boys just seem to have far more time than everybody else and they seem to make decisions every half second you know as you said you decided four seconds ago what you're doing but these boys just have a new picture in their head all the time when he done with that soul he was, as you said he was right on top of the keeper I thought the keeper had caught it or something you know, and then suddenly he's come out the other side, yeah. putting him on his right. Like, I, I, it is the one thing you can be all the Ricky Mahers and you know, <laughs> like you know as much commitment and like working out on your own, and that's great. But this is just something I don't think you can teach people. Yeah, no, I agree completely. Seamus Harden, he got one six. He's an unbelievable form for Immokilly. Um, so he's definitely and got a smashing goal whacked it into the top of the net from about uh, 21 metres out nothing too surprising Michael Hurley got 1-7 for Castlehaven um, they have a pretty good team they have uh, Mark Collins they have the two Hurleys um, and they have the Cahillans as well so they have won county titles um, he got 1-7 so coming on the show here did him no harm whatsoever did he Con <laughs> did it Conan like this this is an advertisement for come on to the GA hour here look it's, this media isn't going to do you any harm don't be, like, don't be like St Vincent's and have a media van at club <laughs> unless you're Matty Ford you'll just assume that he stopped playing long ago that's it I remember actually Matty Ford he had a bit of a hot head on the field we played him in the Leinster semi-final and I'd been annoying him I'd been mouthing <laughs> at him he turned around and hit me in the face and I fell on the ground I thought he was going to get sent off and he said something to me, he tried to pick me up, you know, as in, yeah. I'm, <laughs> get up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't do this to yeah. me or whatever. But I wasn't getting up anyways. I wanted, <laughs> I wanted him, I wanted him sent off. He didn't get sent off. What were you saying that made him so annoyed? I thought, tell him he was crap. <laughs> 
<laughs> he's like one of the best players I've ever seen <laughs> just uh, yeah because things weren't going well for them you, you know a fella that you can kind of really annoy when they're losing he's a bad loser because he's just yeah, such, yeah. A, such a great player so they're you can nibble at you're, n- you're finished Matty <laughs> <laughs> so alright so who are we going to give it to here Conan I don't know why I'm asking you because you are not deciding this I'm going to go with Matty Ford we've been talking about him so this fella's basically thought his career was over gets one six and one four from play as a 39 year old in a county final so very sorry to Ricky Maher who's got the best story if this was yeah. the X Factor Ricky would be winning this because <laughs> you need that rags to riches but, oh well Matty Ford has the X Factor story too Still this man good. couldn't get out of bed <laughs> yeah, couldn't get out great. of bed with his back people 39. thought he was finished people thought he was gone yeah. you know one of the great players of his generation all star with Wexford finished what a comeback <laughs> then the music in the, in the starts kind of brightening up yeah. and, you talking know. about how he once resorted to punching Colin Parkinson in the face <laughs> and now look at me <laughs> this is a low point of my career right listen we're going to have to leave it there um, that's all we've time for so thanks to everyone um, for watching on YouTube if you've watched to the very end here and we'll talk to everybody on Thursday again good luck When I started running, I suppose I didn't stop. And when I got the chance to go, I said I'd stay going. So it opened up. We were only the small little fish out there, so we are, and uh, we're trying hard to make it through. But it's hard to get the brakes when you're the smaller fish. Because I love this county so much, you know. And it's just, I'm delighted that the lads, the lads did it for the people of Walford today because, like, I, I'm, heart, I'm heartbroken. The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power. For exclusive content from their GA ambassadors and other high profile contributors, check out news.paddypower.com.